Father, I just thank you for your word that you put on my heart today, and I thank you that you give me the ability to speak it with authority, with power, Lord, with the anointing of your Holy Spirit upon me. I thank you right now that the seed of your word will be planted deeply into the good soil of your people's hearts, that it will produce an incredible harvest of righteousness, of fruitfulness, of good things in their lives. There's going to be hope that arises as a result of this message today. And now, Father, thank you for that in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. On behalf of Jane and myself, we just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I pray that uh, you've just been blessed already. Who's ready for a big day of feasting? (laughs) Who's who's doing a fast today, anyone? (laughs) Uh, Man. He's not fasting, I can tell. <laughs> That's cool. Christmas for the majority of people, I think, is a time of incredible joy. It's a time of happiness, of love, of the giving and receiving of gifts. And my message this morning is not about the seven steps of success. It's not about the five facets of faith. It is only about Jesus. So what I want to talk about this morning is Jesus. This is the whole focus of what Christmas Day is about, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called, how about we say this together, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As much as this verse talks about the gift of a life, of a child, of a son, for me this verse speaks about the gift of a name. The gift of a name. It's a prophecy of the coming Messiah most certainly that he would be born a man, a son. And it reinforces for us the fact that, that we are, uh, he was born in the image of God, that he, you know, he, he, he is God himself, and we ourselves are born in the image of God. The coming Messiah wasn't going to be an angel, wasn't going to be some sort of a glow in a cloud, because he could have appeared in any one of those different forms, but he chose to reveal himself as we are, as a man. There is great significance given to a child through their name. You can ask, well, what's in a name? Well, depending on where we live, our name may or may not be especially significant. For me, my name, Gary, means spearman. (laughs) Spearman. Hallelujah, bless Jesus, I was called something. For some, our name may have been passed down from generation to generation. More as a a badge of honour for the generations that have gone before. For others, it has significant meaning. And for others, it's simply just cute. You're a cute person, Stuart. (laughs) Names in the Word of God always mean something. Always. So what does a name mean? Well, a name carries identity. Jesus 
means Savior. That's who he is. That's the meaning of his name, salvation, God's salvation. He is Savior. It's the same as Joshua in the Old Testament. It means Savior. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, uh, the angel is talking to Joseph. And, and the, the angel says, and, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins, or from their sins. Unto us a son is given, and the Son of God, it, it's who he is. He is the great I am. For us, a, a name also tells a story. Reminders of our interactions with someone. I, I remember when our daughter, we, we knew that Jane was pregnant with our, our first child, our daughter, Naomi. We, we spent, I don't know how many nights in bed laying next to each other, just choosing different names and discounting them. You know, like, is there anyone here called Lucy today? If you are, I do apologize. We thought of the name Lucy. Then I thought of the immediate nickname, that Lucy Elastic. <laughs> just that's how kids are. Like if, if you'll get brutalized in, school, in primary school. Primary school is like brutal. For, it's just like out there, you know. If your name was Nigel, it was Nigel No Friends. You know, it's Nigel No Hope. These are the names that people come up with. Then there was people that we, we knew. Certain names that we, we spoke about. No, I could never call my, my daughter. I, I, there's this girl I knew in school. No, not calling my daughter that. You know? So there's all these sorts of things go through your mind. So a, na- a name tells a story. Names speak of a person's purpose in life. Jesus, is not a name not only means saviour, but it was his purpose. It, it carries purpose. You know, it carries purpose there's, there's a story attached to the, John the baptizer his name carried his his purpose in life it was his story John graced by God Joshua God is salvation Mary beloved there's a story attached to their name another thing we need to know from the name is a name releases power yeah. I, I love this a name releases power. King Charles, the name opens doors only a king can open. There's power in his name. But I want to tell you there's a name that's greater than the name of King Charles. As much as we honor and respect King Charles, there is name and uh, there's power in the name of Jesus. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 7, Jesus is saying, write this letter to the angel in the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. That's power. If Jesus says it's going to be closed, then it's going to be closed. There's some things in your history that you need to know that God has completely forgiven and forgotten. And he wants you to do the same. He wants you to move forward with your life, not to be anchored into a moment or a a part of your history. He says that that season of your life is closed and you need to walk forward in freedom. The freedom that comes through the name of Jesus. 
There's things that we need to understand that when God opens a door for us, no man can close that door. You may think that people have the ability to stop you pursuing your purpose. But I want to tell you, if God has opened the way for your purpose this morning, then there is no man that can stop you achieving your purpose. Because the Spirit of God will open up doors for you that you never thought would open. Just when you thought you're coming to the end of your, uh, a season or a particular place of employment or, or something that's happened in your life, you thought it was an end of a season, God miraculously, by the power of His name, opens up a door that no one could ever have opened. Oh, I'm so glad for the name of Jesus this morning. There was a man... He was born lame and he's standing at the gate beautiful and the disciples come across him there and they just reach out to him. They said, silver and gold, we don't have. This guy's begging and they they, they say, I'm just going to give you what I've got. In the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. And it says in Acts chapter 3.16, you know some things you need to memorize certain passages of scripture. John 3.16, Acts 3.16. For it says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him. That's a scripture you want to memorize. It's through faith in the name of Jesus and the power that's associated with his name. In, resident in his name, that healing flows. Jesus not only opens doors that no one else can open, but Jesus heals too. Faith in the name of Jesus healed a man that was born lame. He can heal us as well in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, this is the passage that I want to talk about, tells us the Son's name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Let's think about those names for a moment. Now, some scriptures they say wonderful counselor. Others say wonderful, comma, counselor. I'm going to go with wonderful, comma, counselor. Why? Well, because I've got the microphone. <laughs> wonderful. Wonder hyphen full. That's just my little take. Whenever I start to think about the loneliest walk a man could ever take on his way to the cross, I'm humbled. I'm broken. I cannot imagine what Jesus experienced in that incredible walk of outrageous courage. The love that motivated him to put one foot in front of the other and walk steadfastly to the cross for me. He will always be wonderful for me. He will always be wonderful for me. The greatest act a man could ever do, he took and he did for me and he did for you. He did for this community that we live in. He did that that for the, 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 the Adelaide Hills, this nation of ours. Jesus is wonderful, is wonderful. He inspires me. He creates within me awe 
and wonder. The Messiah is wonderful. The glory of who he is and what he has done for us is nothing short of wonderful. It creates within me a sense of being fully at wonder in who he is and what he's done. Of the 99 times that the word wonderful is used in the New Living Translation, the overwhelming majority of its uses are in connection with God's wonderful miracles, with his wonderful deeds, with his wonderful reputation, with his wonderful promises, with his wonderful unfailing love, with his wonderful mercy, and so much more. It seems to me that whenever a writer in the Bible started to think about who God was and what God did, one of the first words that came to their lips was, He is wonderful. What He does is wonderful. Because of who He is and what He does, we are full of wonder. Counselor, the name Counselor. Jesus is our Counselor. He will speak into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. Isn't Counselor one of the names of the Holy Spirit? Wasn't Jesus and the Holy Spirit present at creation? Doesn't he know how stuff fits together? How it works together? How it's created together? How it's supposed to work and outwork its purpose in life? Shouldn't we therefore know that the first person that we need to go to when we need wisdom or knowledge or some understanding about something that's happening in us and around us, shouldn't be the first person that we go to? Shouldn't he be the counsellor? Shouldn't he be? Don't we get the gift of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge from the person of the Holy Spirit? Doesn't it make sense that that's where we're going to get the understanding for living life? How do I make it through this season, God? Go to the counsellor. How do I find my way forward in what's happening in my family, in my workplace? How do I overcome in this area of addiction? Go to the counsellor. The one that knows how you're wired. Psalm 139 says, oh, uh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, God. You knew me in my, mother, you know, in my innermost part when I was being knit together. God loves knitting. <laughs> if you need a scarf, go to the council. Doesn't it make sense? That if he knows how we're created... He knows what we need. His counsel is faithful. It's without self-interest. His counsel is trustworthy and reliable. And it's not given to gossip or Google searches. Thirdly, mighty God. Mighty God. Not just God, but mighty God. Exodus 14 verse 31 I love the language in this, this verse. It says, When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed. I love that word. Unleashed. The power of God was unleashed. There was a moment where the power of God was held in reserve until just the right moment because the counsel of God knew what needed to happen and when it needed to happen. 
for those Egyptians to be wiped out and for the people of God to be released into their future and forever and a day. Every one of us here has probably heard the story of the Israelites crossing over the Red Sea on dry ground. Because the story has been passed from one generation to the next. It's been recorded in his book, the Bible. There was a moment where the power of God was unleashed. And the people of Israel were able to walk forward in the complete freedom that God had afforded them. See, here's the thing. He speaks and it happens. That's the power of God. When God speaks, it opens. When God speaks, it's released. When God speaks, it's stopped. When God speaks, it's healed. When God speaks, it is raised to life. We need a word from God. There is power in God's word. There's power in God's name. A mighty God. He is omnipotent. God almighty. Fourth, thirdly, fourth, I can't remember what number it is. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. He is before eternity and beyond eternity. Revelation chapter 1 verses 4 to 5. This letter is from John to the seven churches of the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. I love that. Uh, It just gives a picture that there is a flow that we cannot see the start of, and there is a flow that goes on into eternity that we cannot see the end of. That is the magnitude of our God. He is without beginning and he is without end. He is the first and he is the last. He is the alpha, he is the omega. He is the head and not the tail. And he's created us in his image. We have an eternal spirit that will last for eternity with him. Some, sadly, will choose not to. And our encouragement to you is to tell people about the love of God that entices them to know this God who is with grace and power and mercy and he has forgiveness for the forgiveness of people's sins and he wants them to to walk with him on into that eternity that has no end. Everlasting Father in the Hebrew shows us that Jesus is the source and author of all eternity and that he is the creator himself. It does not mean that Jesus himself is the person of the Father. It just means that he has the eternal qualities of the Father. He is eternal and he gives eternal life. Prince of peace. Prince of peace. He is the one who makes peace, especially between God and man especially between God and man. Whenever it seems that everything is falling apart, he gives us peace. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Jesus is our peace. Are you in a storm right now? I'm so glad that Jesus is in your boat. He's right there. In fact, Jesus is asleep in your boat. And you're thinking, well, that's why I'm going through a storm because he's asleep through it. No, we just need to... Reach out and and take hold of him. He's right there with us. What's happening in your mind? What's happening in your heart? I I love what it it says in in Psalm, um, I think it's 94, somewhere in about there. I'll just make it up anyway. Um, It says, whenever my busy thoughts are out of control, I thank you for the overwhelming sense of your peace and your comfort as you come 
and I'm overwhelmed with delight. It's his presence that comes into those moments of, of chaos where our, our minds are just being torn in so many different directions. Our hearts are, are just rendered. We don't know what's happening in those moments. It's then that his presence comes and he overwhelms us. He calms us down with his peace. Whenever it seems that everything is falling apart or is in chaos, remember Christ is called wonderful because of who he is and what he does. When we need counsel, let us remember that he is the counselor. Whenever we need strength, let us remember that he is our mighty God. When death threatens to overwhelm us, let's rely on the everlasting Father. When our busy thoughts are out of control or being distracted or disturbed by the enemy, let's remember that Christ is the Prince of Peace and he imparts peace to our minds and our hearts through his presence in and around us. See, this is Christmas and Christmas reminds us of the gift of a name. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Christmas is a time to remember the gift of the name that was given to Mary. And you shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was the name that is given to man, that is the greatest name ever. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, and you need to, to hear this, this name is greater than cancer. This name is greater than sickness. This, this name is greater than betrayal. This name is greater than your lack or your poverty. This name is greater than anything you'll ever face in your life. Philippians 2 verses 9 to 11 says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. No matter what you face today, Jesus has given to us his name. We've been given the gift of his name. His name is Jesus. Can we stand? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for the gift of your name, the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, we have access to you, Father. For your, the name Jesus opened up the way for us to be able to come by the shed blood of Jesus, by his death on the cross and then his resurrection. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I thank you for the name that is above every other name. And we just come to you say, we are so appreciative. Our hearts are filled with thankfulness at the very mention of the name of Jesus that situations change. If that's all we can ever pray is Jesus. If that's the only thing we can ever cry out in the moment of anguish or hurt or harm, Jesus. We know that you respond to the name of Jesus. 
Father, I pray today over all of your people here today. I pray that they understand the significance of the name of Jesus. We just thank you for it right now. And just as every head's bowed, I just want to give people an opportunity. I don't know everybody here today, but it would be remiss of me not to give you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord. What better day could you get born again on than Christmas Day? When God the Father gave the gift of his Son to the earth, the name of Jesus, maybe, just maybe, you don't even know how you came into this service this morning, but you found yourself here and you've heard about the name of Jesus. Jesus died for you. He loves you so much. He paid the penalty of your sin. He took it on his body and he died on a cross. But then death could not hold him down. But he was raised to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. That same power that raised Christ from the dead can raise you from the dead as well. You are dead in your sins this morning, but if you give your heart to Christ and take on board for yourself his sacrifice, you shall be born again. So this morning, is there anybody here that you just want to say yes to Jesus? And you want to say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ this morning. Is there anybody here? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it and I know that I, who I'm praying for. I will not ask you to do anything embarrassing. All I want you to do is just put your hand up so that I can see who I'm praying for this morning. Is there anybody here? Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Can we all say, just say it out together? Just pray what I pray, but you pray it out loud, but you mean it from your heart. Okay? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of your name. And by faith in the name of Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And on the third day, you were rose again. And right now, you're praying for me with the Father. I accept and receive your life for mine. From this day forward, my life is yours. And I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me from this moment forward too. In Jesus' name. We give God a hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Thank you so much for coming out this morning. It's been great to fellowship with you and spend Christmas morning with you. I do pray that the rest of your day is spent with family and friends and people that love you and celebrate you for who you are. On behalf of Jane and myself and all of the team here, Merry Christmas, everybody. Have an incredible day. God bless you.